0: Welcome to episode number 281, Franchising in 2022. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. Brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. Visit bl3ssed.com to get blessed. Also sponsored by the Motivation Files Unleashed, This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success, available on all platforms. All right, you are now tuned in to the Rotated Views podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee-Velez. I'm here with Gabe Heck and Cliff. Franchising in 2022, in this episode, the crew welcomes special guest Cliff Brown. We cover topics that range from business ownership, the food industry, customer service, effects of the coronavirus, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Tony Dorsett and Mark Twain. Guys, if you're new, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to download and subscribe. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. Kicking things off. Cliff Brown, thank you for joining us, man. We appreciate
1: it. Of course, man. I appreciate you guys having me, man. I'm I'm excited. I'm pumped to get rocking, man. Listen, listen to the podcast last week, and I'm thank you for inviting me on. I said, I just I'm excited all day, man. I can't lie to you. (laughs) So, for those of us who do not know who you are and what you do, let us know. Not a problem. Again, Cliff Brown. I appreciate the the introduction. Um, Currently, right now, I'm the vice president of operations and operating partner for uh, it's called the Keedwell Group, which is the the name of our franchise group. Right now, we're operating five Jersey Mike's in uh, the Southern Maryland and Virginia area. I have another one under construction as we uh, we speak. So that's number six. And I have two more in development actively. So we're looking to round out about eight total restaurants. Um, I pretty much had all operations, everything from just hiring and training you know just making sure everything is uh, you know basically up to the jersey mike standard uh, my business partner his name is john he's more of the the finance guru he handles a lot of the behind the scenes stuff but i'm pretty much the guy who's out in the stores um every day or on the phone every day just making sure that we are rocking and rolling man and it's been a um it's been a wild ride uh i started in 2011 on a on a flyer i was just like hey you know what um check out this jersey mike's thing i moved uh, from South Jersey to the D.C. area in 2011, I think around uh, October 2011, and you know things just stuck, man, and we just rock and rolling ever since. So,
0: holy smokes! So, so it's been a little over 10 years deep now.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah, man.
0: All right, so no so, experience
1: so whatsoever. off you
0: know. the flyer. So explain where you seen this flyer. Where you at
1: a laundromat or something? Like, what, what do you <laughs> mean off of a flyer? Someone handed it to you? Well, now nah, you know what's crazy. So. Um, Another Jersey Mike's franchisee, actually a very good friend of mine. You guys may even remember his name is uh, Mookie Golden. I don't know if you remember Mookie from. Yeah, absolutely. So Mookie and I, uh, we actually grew up in the same neighborhood in South Jersey. And uh, we were looking to get into the restaurant business. And, you know, some things fell through. But it just so happened he knew someone uh, with Jersey Mike's who was uh, starting to get Maryland rolling. And at that point, there was only like a handful of Jersey Mike's. And he was just like, yo, it's a great opportunity. The brand is growing. I had never heard of it, even though we grew up like maybe 45 minutes from the original store. Wow. And uh we took a drive down to the DC area. We just took a look at operations. We met some of the uh the people in the company. And I fell in love immediately, man. I just like what the brand stood for, um, the opportunities that provided, especially just for, you know, young African American guy, Mookie, same thing. And uh, I don't know. Everything just, it looked good. It felt good. Um, I just love what they were doing. I love the connection to community that Jersey Mike's always has. You know, Coming up in in March, we have this thing called the Day of Giving and the Month of Giving. And that whole month, all we're doing is just giving away money to local charities, to nationwide charities. We do a full day where we just give away 100% of everything we we make just goes to a local charity of our choosing. And I just love that about it, man. Anytime you can have the opportunity to give back, Um, you know, I'm all for it. And I don't know, that just got me interested. And man, we just, we took off, man. But that was it. All right.
0: So, so, so explain your first location and how that, you know, had that ball into something to now what you described coming up on a total of eight and 10 years, man, you're averaging nearly one a year. That's incredible. Uh, That's incredible growth. So, so how did you start with the first location? uh, How and why?
1: And why? Well, you know, the first few years actually was just me learning the business. Uh, I was actually working for another franchisee for a while, just running his stores and going and just learning the business from top to bottom. Uh, you know, just basic operations to management operations, leadership, communication. We, you know, flew out to Tennessee to go do a uh, this crazy business leadership course. Um, wow. And that first five years was kind of like a slow build to just learning everything, every nut and bolt, um, you know, getting to meet the right people, getting ourselves in the proper position. And actually in 2016 is when we opened our first um, location that was ours, you know, so my partner and I, so literally over wow. the last six years is when we started, you know, cranking out. So still averaging about a store a year. And, um, you know, that first location was, was scary, man. You know, you're really one location uh it's kind of in a rural area in virginia and you know you know it's going to work out but you're still a little like all right man is this the right move you know to make and honestly i just let god do what god does and uh you know from 2016 to 22 man it's just been boom 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 and it's been nothing but blessings from start to finish you know any little bump in the road you know you look back at it it was still smooth sailing man it was just road vibrations and that was it man but it was a it was a great great opportunity so
0: so, so how do you, um, when you guys are making the decision to choose a location, are these, uh, as you mentioned previously, you said uh, uh, one's under construction or wrapping things up basically, but no. Is it all brand new buildings? Do you buy into one that's already established? Like how does that work? What, How does it typically work?
1: Both, so what you're looking okay. for initially, um, Area. We're looking at traffic patterns. We're just looking at how many cars drive by a certain location. Um, Are there big anchors? You know, we say an anchor, we're talking about a big brand that's there, you know, whether it's a a major grocery store chain, whether it's a Starbucks, a Chipotle, a Chick fil A, something where they've obviously done research beforehand and know that this is going to be a popular location. And we just kind of follow along with, uh, you know, some of the big dogs. And, you know, once we Get all those together. We'll give ourselves a score. You know, and it's just like a grade school A, B, C, D, E, F location. We're looking for A locations. You can't always have one, but you know, for the most part, that's what you're looking for. And then you put those together. You give yourself a score, and you rock and roll. You know, if you're some kind of prophet in your mind, you can say, "Hey, you know, what, I think this one's going to be good, even though the analytics are telling me it's not." Um, and honestly, we did that on our first location. Everybody told us it was not, the, you know, the place to go. We went with our gut. And that store's been kicking butt, man, since 2016. But after that, every single location's pretty much just been a lights out location. So, yeah, looking for people, looking for income, looking for traffic patterns, um, and looking for anchors, man. And that's it.
0: I love it. So, so how do you know? Um, at what point do you know it's time? to get another location, right? And so, so there's some people with one location are overwhelmed uh, just with that one location. And maybe, you know, you guys obviously have, um, you know, the, the the right chemistry going. So how do you know it's time to uh, add, I guess, let's just say to 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 what you already
1: have? Absolutely. Well, first thing you're looking at finances, see where you are. Don't make a move if you can't make a move. You don't want to get yourself underwater when it's unnecessary. So make sure, the important things are in place, um, and once those are good, and you're confident that uh, you know at least there's enough cash in the bank to weather you know a storm. Um, I'm looking at people. That is like right there. That's the next thing down. I'm just like if we have the finances, I just need the people. Um, if I'm overwhelmed. I don't have the people in place if I'm bored and I hate to use the B word. This is like it's this is a cuss word for me. This is basically a four letter word. When I say I'm bored, I'm like, oh, I'm in trouble because I'm about to get myself into some mess because I'm just gonna <laughs> go ahead and, and start flying. Um, but I'm looking for people because, you know, my big thing. And, and you remember this from uh, from our business development was you know, you're looking for people and you want to provide opportunities and it's a win-win whenever you can do that. So if I'm in a location and I have, you know, two or three people who are like, hey, man, I want to move up. I want to be able to run my own store one day. Maybe I want to franchise. I'm like, yo, there's an opportunity here to grow that we can teach somebody how to run a business, give them opportunity to hopefully make more, you know, income than they ever had in their life. And, you know, for us, it obviously grows our business and our, and our bottom line. So. I'm getting looking for my finances and, you know, be, if I have the people, I'm like, yo, let's rock and roll, let's hit the gas. You know, it, it, as smart as we can, but as quickly as we can. So. Awesome. So we have, uh, a
0: ton of guests that, uh, have businesses, own businesses. Um, and I love to ask the customer service question, uh, what's the importance of customer service. But before we get to that in the hiring process, Right. So you said for five years you experienced every role Jersey Mike's had to offer just so that you had a better understanding on, uh, you know, operationally and and how it all worked. Right. What is the importance of customer service or when you're hiring to um, of getting the right people? Right. Uh, when we have my, my brother, Miguel, who owns a uh, barbershop in and he talks about we talk a lot about the people you hire are going to represent you in your business. And so you get into that tricky, you know, thing where it's like, you know, sometimes unfortunately you hate to stay but sometimes you just you need a body in that position or you need to mm-hmm. fill a shift. Uh, but it gets it gets tricky and sticky when, you know, they're not just the right fit. Mm-hmm. So can you just explain your mindset and all with all that?
1: Absolutely. And then come- Yeah, no problem. Um, hiring is hiring's really tricky cuz you know, one of the little quips I always like to use is you don't know who you hired until they're hired. Everybody looks crispy on the interview. Everybody sure. says the right thing. Everybody puts their best foot forward. Most people do. Some people show up crazy. Uh, but for the <laughs> most part, everybody wants to be that, oh, I'm tight. I'm, you know, I have this, I have everything. And as soon as they put on that uniform and get behind the line as a whole person, you don't know where they came from. Um, But you, you know, you're trying to look past and, you know, you're asking little questions and you tell little stories and see how they react and ask them to tell you some stories about just whatever. It could be about anything, video games, movies, family. You're just trying to get a, a small glimpse into who these people are because, you know, for us, especially at Jersey Mike's, Um, we, we share ourselves. There's no hiding in the back room because there's no kitchen in the back. Everything we do is in front of a customer. So if you want a sandwich, they're going to watch you. They're going to be in your face watching. So there's no hiding. So I was like, I need you to have the things that I can't teach. Hmm. Maybe you can pick up a couple things that personality, but I can't teach you to be a really friendly person. Either are you aren't. Um, so during that interview process, I'm just looking, you know, can we have a conversation without, having it feel forced do i have to keep pulling things out of you or can you just kind of go back and forth with me because i mean you guys know um you guys are in your probably late 20s early 30s um, the first thing you probably made for yourself was either a bowl of cereal or a sandwich when you were four or five your parents probably sure. let you hey you know what you can make your own food you whip together peanut butter and jelly sandwich or poured yourself a bowl of cereal jersey Mike's is just an evolution of that very simple thing bread meat cheese some veggies you know throw a lid on top of it you're ready to rock and roll I can teach anybody to make a sandwich. The things I can't teach you is what I'm looking for. The things that you guys had that I saw years ago, um, you know, are what we're looking for. So that hiring process is always there. Um, and and I'm looking for it all the time. I'm looking for it in customers. I'm looking for it when I go to a different location or a you know, grocery store, I'm looking for those little things um, because that customer service piece is what separates us from another um, any other business. You know, I, don't want to say any other businesses' names, but, but you guys have all been to a restaurant where you walk up to the register, they tap some buttons on the screen, and then poof, magically, food appears in a bag from a back room somewhere. Sure. Um, and that's fine. It's absolutely fine. Jersey Mike's, it's kind of the reverse. You start with the person making your food, you know, and you walk down with that sandwich as that food is being prepared, just like at a Chipotle or something like that. Um but what separates us from them is like, hey, can we deliver you a fantastic experience? Um, a Jersey Mike sub right now, one of our 15-inch subs is about $16, which is real pricey for a lot of people. Some people see that they get sticker shot because they're like, yo, I can go to you know another place and get a sub for maybe half the cost. What else are you bring to the table that goes into that sandwich? It's gotta be quality and it gotta love when they show up there. You know, I love knowing somebody's name, knowing their order, knowing, you know, what sports their kids play. Um, I love that. I love when they see me to go cliff, you're here, man. I've been looking for it for two weeks because I've been bouncing around other stores. That makes me feel great. And I love when, you know, my team sees it, or if I walk into a store and I see them having a great conversation, I'm like, that's the thing I can't teach. And that's the thing that keeps these people coming back and willing to spend, you know, that hard earned money here, as opposed to going to someplace where they can get it cheaper. Um Customer service is everything, man. That is where we shine the best, you know, and I say it puts us above a lot of these other concepts that are trying to do what we're doing, but they're not doing it how we're doing it. So,
0: so two things. One experience I had um, with, uh, I'll talk about inventory and I want to talk mm-hmm. about to customer service. Or so I'll start off with customer service. Jersey Mike's uh, locally here. Uh, well, I live in PA, but I work in uh, New Jersey and we had this big, big old event. And during this event, there was a uh let's just say a miscommunication on uh what we were going to have uh for a specific shift food wise that fell through mm-hmm. so think of something very quick someone just yelled out jersey Mike's. so i said okay well let's call um so we call and we're like listen we need x amount and it was f- fairly obnoxious to have it within hours that mm-hmm. number Twitter is typically something you put in a day or two ahead of time. Um, And so they said, I can't say, I won't say no, but can I have my manager call you or unless you want to hold, I need to make a phone call because for the listeners that don't know, maybe you could explain this a little bit better. You all make your bread on the premises.
1: Absolutely. Every day.
0: Right. And you'll give us a little bit of detail about that, but, there's uh, it, when it comes to inventory there's only so much you make on a given day whether the Monday is going to be different I'm assuming than a Thursday just based on uh, previous sales so they already had their stock and ready to rock and roll and here we call in at 2 pm. Yeah. asking for hundreds literally hundreds of sandwiches for 6 pm yeah uh, and this manager made it happen I don't know nice. where in the world he pulled this from but he loved it man
1: to- he was smile
0: yeah. <laughs> He he was basically saying they were we were getting the next day's bread basically yep. is what he what he made it seem like. Um, so can you walk us through that scenario if that happened to you? Not that oh. we want any of that last minute stuff, but this guy made it happen.
1: Absolutely. Well, there's a couple things that can happen. So our bread is made fresh, like start to finish. Um, so every single morning at around between six and seven, somebody shows up, uh, they start making bread. They're out here just throwing hundreds of loaves of bread into a proofer, into an oven. They're making the rosemary parm. They're trying to figure out, you know, what what we need for the day based on, you know, previous sales. Um, so if someone calls in and has an order for a few hundred subs that you did not prepare for, the first thing is panic, you know, for most people. Me, I'm just like, oh, yeah, baby, it's our time to shine. Because for me, I'm just like, always be the coolest person in the room if you're in charge. Because if you're confident, your team's going to be confident. No one panic. Maybe I'm a duck on the pond, you know, my feet are going under here, but outside I'm cool. Um, so two things could happen. One, I could just start, you know, throwing bread in the proofer just trying to get it ready as quickly as possible. But I also know it's gonna take a few more hours. Um, Depending on the franchisee, I don't know who you called, you know, or where they may have another store or two or three in the area. They're making phone calls to other stores. Like, Hey man, I'm sending somebody by me to pick up, you know, X amount of bread. And I'm sending him here and her, she's going over there. And we're going to group together. We're going to win, you know, we're going to win as a team, Um, which is great. If you're a multi-unit person like we are, I can, you know, run to five stores and all within an hour and grab whatever I need. But when you're a single franchisee with one store, you know, that one is like, all right guys we really need to make it happen. Um, the good thing too about Jersey Mikes and this may be true of any other you know franchises, we are a tight Really tight-knit group. You know, a lot of stuff we go through, we go through together. We try to meet as often as possible, you know, off-site stuff or, you know, COVID's throwing a little bit of a monkey wrench and, and that. But, you know, we get together, we try to operate as a team. You know, there'll be times when I'll get a, a catering order and I'll be like, hey, listen, I can't really do this only because I'm under some restriction. Let me make a call and I'll call one of my buddies who's a franchisee who's close by and I'll be like, hey, listen, I'm about to throw you in catering. Oh. Man, appreciate it. Next one I get, I'm gonna throw your way as well. Um, again, rising tide raises all ships, and I just know if that customer is happy, we're all they're gonna go out and tell everybody. They're gonna tell that story that you told just now, and everybody's gonna be like, "Oh man, Jersey Mike's made it happen." Rising tide is gonna raise every ship, man. So it can be a little it can be a little stressful, especially if the right person's not in the store. But if that person's there, man, make it happen, and it's uh you know it can be a little bit of a scramble, but it, it it's, it's a win win across the board. So
0: well, it's an absolute success story, and I and I will tell you. Uh, since then that happened over the summer last summer and that jersey mike's is all we order from basically now for catering uh, mm-hmm. because of that one pr- and what's funny previously uh someone had a relationship or might have even had might have had a family member that owned a competitor and so that yep. just now went there but since that scenario happened you know it's, it's jersey Mike's. Absolutely. um so so can you talk a little bit about uh What I mentioned earlier, is there like statistics? Do you Mm -hmm. guys break it down? You know, a Monday's uh, uh, inventory looks totally different than a Friday or Saturday or maybe any other special day. Um, Is that true or you kind of line it up all the same seven days a week?
1: So – there's a little bit, you know. There's a, a data gathering process. So, like for this store that I'm about to open on Wednesday, week from today, in this new store, I really don't have any idea of what's going to happen, right? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna make as much bread as I possibly can, and hopefully I go through it every single day. For the first like maybe two three weeks, I'm prepared to lose money um, if product goes in the trash. But I'm also confident that we're going to be short on everything because people are just going to be lined about the door. Um, after a few weeks, we start to see trends develop and um, everything that gets rung in the register, I'll get a printout and it'll start to average you know, what it is. So we pretty much, uh, Jersey Mike's, we go by bread, right? How much bread did we go through? You know, Was it 100 bread a day? Is it 200? Is it 231 loaves of bread a day? And I start building off that. Uh, we also have a huge chart. We call it our production pro chart. Everything that we use in the store is written down every single day what we started the day with, what we prepped for the day, what we may have had to do again on midday, and then what we ended with. And so the person comes in the next morning, they go, look, all right, cool, this is where we're at. And we track that um, every two weeks. So we're just kind of a rolling two week period. And then we can start to see those trends develop. Um, that'll be in our computer, that'll be written down on the board so that everybody who comes in can see what we're doing. Like, you know what? every Tuesday, we're averaging 146 bread. But Thursdays, for some odd reason, we're up to 259 bread. So all right, cool. Let's make make sure we bake a little bit more. And we're always trying to keep everything as fresh as possible. So we're trying to get right at that number, and maybe five or 10% plus just in case something, you know, something pops. And, um, you know, when it comes to inventory, I know you're asking about that before, we have a theoretical food cost that if you're, you know. You have had a, tons of guests, who, you know, who have been in the, the restaurant biz, so you guys understand the food costs. We try to stay within two percent of our theoretical food cost. So, if, you know, if we're projecting our food cost for a week is twenty-five percent. I really don't want to be above 27 percent because that 2 percent that were high, maybe that accounts for a little bit of waste or, you know, a couple of times we had to remake subs for, you know, a mistake or something just fell on the ground. You know, whatever the deal is, maybe we're doing some charitable donations, but we want to stay within 2 percent of that. And every day we can just come in and we can check. We can check how close were we to what we projected. Um, did we run out of anything? Let's write that down. Every Monday we're running. You know, we're running out of wheat bread. I don't know what it is on Monday, but we got to bake some more wheat every Wednesday, man, like we're, we're throwing away 20. 25 loaves of rosemary Parmesan bread. I don't know what it is, but we need to make less rosemary Parmesan on Wednesdays. And, you know, we just kind of build from there and write it all down, you know, jive with the computer and, and see where we go from there.
0: I love it. So, so when you do
1: get feedback, right. So let's just, for example, the
0: feedback I gave out is obviously positive, mm-hmm. but when you get your regular customers, like you said, sometimes you know them by their first name, sometimes, you know, their family, you know, their schedules, uh, you know, must be on, he must be on his lunch break or he must be in between soccer games. What is that feeling like to have to almost, it's, you know, you're building and you're a part of their lives, that community. Um, and, and what does it mean to you when you get that positive feedback
1: and those returning customers? I love it, man. It's, you know, let's be honest. You get into some of these businesses just, you know, to make money. It's a lucrative business. And if I would yeah. be lying if I say that wasn't there. But right up there is yeah. that great feeling. There's nothing better than somebody just coming and tell you, you know, hey, I had a great sandwich. But when I hear I came in and they name one of my crew members, one of my assistant managers or one of the shift leads or the GM, they say by name, it's like every time I come in here, they have a great attitude. Every time I come in here, my sandwich is made or it's ready. They see my car pull up in the parking lot and they start making myself. By the time I walk in the door, my sandwich is made. I love it. I absolutely love it. it. Like it literally I go crazy. People like Cliff, you have the energy of like a 15 year old kid because I'm bouncing around, I'm bouncing around. Um, and I'm like, this is why you guys energize me. I feel so good. And, you know, for us starting, you know, in our own little area, kind of on the ground floor, especially in this rural area. When I was working, just I was side by side my crew. Every single store I open, I work right next to my crew. They see my 42 year old butt right next to them, slicing subs, grilling, sprinkling sandwiches, ringing people up, I'm cleaning tables. I'm the first person to go run and clean a bathroom. Cause I'm like, this is great. And people ask me like, oh, you know, you should tell your boss you're doing a good job or something, I'm gonna let your boss know that, you know, you're doing a great job cleaning the bathrooms. I'm like, I'll be sure to let them know. Um, And they find out who I am and it's like, oh, that's incredible. And I'm like, I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it because I love that feeling and I love showing people, you know, that feeling. And I have my phone. This is actually one of the things today. And I was like, I need to stop giving people my personal cell phone number. So many customers have my cell phone number. And at first it was like cute. But now it's like I'll get a call every day like, oh, man, hey, this is Jim again. I had a cheesesteak. It was fantastic, man. They really took care of me. Tarsha was great. Uh, You know, Ashley was great. And Amanda was great. And I'm like, man, my phone is ringing. It's just a great feeling. It's that an impact that I know, you know, Earl, who was on uh, yeah. on the fire, it's the same kind of impact he has on me as my first mentor when it came to college. You know, we went to college together, uh, obviously in business together, and the same feeling. I hope you guys got, you know, when you heard Earl speak or if you heard me speak or anything. I'm like that impact, you know, has just been fantastic. Whether it's a crew member or it's a customer, That's amazing. I love it. So, so explain a little bit. Obviously, where here we are. Uh,
0: nearly, or over two years later, and we're, we're, we're in this pandemic. So, and you went through that, and you successfully have grown through the pandemic. Explain a little bit about that process. Obviously, everyone was affected, uh, and, and, and a little bit differently. Um, to what degree? How were you all affected? It, it doesn't necessarily have to be negative. It was just, what was your experience?
1: Um, to be honest with you, we grew and we grew big time. I mean, uh, our sales went through the roof. I think people seeing the freshness aspect of it, they can see things being prepared in front of them and you know how much care we took um, wow. you know, with just again, <laughs> safety in and, and, and there. What was that? That makes so much sense that you just said that. and just like think they're watching you make their food. Absolutely. And they're thinking, hey, I don't know what's happening in the back room of that other restaurant. But I see the fact that you're washing your hands regularly, you're masked up. And, you know, we did some we added some other precautions that I mean, I'm sure tons of people did as well. Um, but with all that sales grew, our delivery service or at least our delivery numbers you obviously went through the roof as well. And, um, you know, we boomed and I was not thankful for COVID, but I was just like, hey, listen, I'm I'm, I'm thankful that this business can survive something so wild and so devastating but we were able to keep people employed we were able to you know give back and even on all our day of givings month of givings we we're still able to raise money for these things because we were able to stay in business and thrive and um you know we didn't other than cleaning procedures and just making sure things were you know people were safe honestly we didn't change too much man we just really just focus. Hey guys, laser focus. Eyes are on you at all time. People are very hyper aware of uh, hygiene and cleanliness and just making sure you're not doing anything. Let's keep doing what we're doing because this is what we've been, people have been watching us the entire time. Since 1956, people have been staring at us, make their food. So I'm like, hey guys, let's just do what we do, do, you know, do what we do, but let's just do it better and just make sure people know that we care. We're, you know, we're taking their health seriously. And I mean, honestly, we just, we boomed man it's been it's been wild it's been a really really crazy scene you know at all the stores to the point where we're setting records almost every single week for you know our sales numbers just pretty pretty impressive
0: that's wild so so explain a little bit about the food industry and maybe supply chain were, were you guys affected uh in, in that in, in any aspect there or how did that work for you all
1: uh so most products, we're good. You know, being yeah. such a, a large brand, you know, we 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 carry a lot of weight and tend. Now people, you know, tend to kind of put us at the front of the line, whether we ask them to or not. They just make sure that we're we're taken care of um, when it pertains to uh, our food, you know, and paper products and stuff like that. So we didn't really stress too much. There were like maybe one or two things when. Um, pork got a little high and sometimes poultry may have gone up and we had to switch, you know, to a different product, you know, still same quad just had to switch product. But outside of that, we did, we weren't really affected too much. Um, equipment wise is where we kind of fell in line with everyone else. You know, we did have a situation um, this past summer. So 2021 where our rooftop units, basically things that provide our air conditioning um, both of them went out right in, the, right in the middle of summer when it was wow. hitting record. We had no air conditioning in our, our busiest store. So we just had to figure out a way to, like, bring in mobile air conditioning and connect them to the ceiling and fans everywhere and still try to make sure everything was, um, you know, was up to health code. And because of the supply chain issues, we couldn't get the uh, the rooftop units in for almost two months. So for two months, our busiest store, who stayed our busiest store, you know, had to work under some pretty crazy conditions. And I mean, there were times where I had to close the store early um, or open a little bit later, you know, or just say, hey, we're going to take a break and close the store from two to five, just wait for the store to cool down and the sun to drop so we can get back to business. But I was like, yo, the, the health of my employees is more important than, you know, just us making a few extra hundred bucks a, you know a day. But that right there was probably our biggest thing. Just some of it. if equipment breaks. It was hard to get some stuff. They were sitting on, you know, cargo containers off the coast of California, off the coast of New York. Um, you know, it can be a little little headache inducing. But outside of that, man, now we, uh, we were pretty much just like a, a nice, well-oiled machine, man, moving and grooving. I love it. I love it. All right. So in your opinion, what makes a good sandwich? Ooh, a good sandwich? Got to be the bread to start with, man. If your bread quality is garbage... Throw the whole sandwich away. You might as well just get it, it. It doesn't even matter at that point. Just toss the whole thing. You know, you get some places the bread is old, or the bread is too hard, or the bread yeah. is too soft, or the bread just is just gross. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um <laughs> you got the, the bread, Gabe, you know what I'm talking about, man. The bread has to be right. Once the bread is right, of course. Here's the thing. This is uh what I've learned about food. And me not being a food guy before him. You eat with your eyes first. So that sandwich got to look good of course it's got to taste good but you know you got to look at it's it got to look good you got to prep the brain for all the deliciousness that's about to go down um obviously the the quality product has got to be there so you have it jersey Mike's was near and dear to my heart and i don't know how you all feel about it but the vinegar and oil and our blend sets our food apart from anybody else it's like when you hit that right amount of vinegar and oil and the right type yo it's a wrap you know, Jersey Mike's is, is number one. There is an article. I'll set. I'll, uh, I'll. send it to you later on. We just won the best sandwich in America yet again um, for our Italian, which is, you know, incredible that we've done it so many times. People just keep coming back again and again and again for that Italian. So start with the bread, right amount of juice, fresh veggies. You know, it is. it just makes it, man. I'm getting hungry right now thinking about it. And I've been doing this for 11 years. I'm like, man, I really want a sandwich right now. <laughs> So, so explain a little bit about when the
0: hot sandwiches came into play. Was that during your era? Was that before your era? Because personally, I thought they were all cold sandwiches, and mm-hmm. uh, when I went to one for the first time, there was you know kid at the grill making a chicken cheesesteak. Um, so, yep. ex- explain. Um, am I late to the game? Obviously,
1: I more than likely am. But was yep. the grill always there? Grill's always been there, man. The original store in Point Pleasant, New Jersey, is still there to this day. It's now a training center where, like, when you, you know, first start to, if you want to either be a Jersey Mike's manager or franchisee, you got to go spend a week at the original store location. You learn from some of the OGs who've been there since, you know, the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, and it's really cool to go back and get that little bit of history. But that flat-top grill is still in the back, man, and they're still whipping cheesesteaks up. But they've always been there, and it's, uh, I always say – Outside of being at home in Philly and getting a uh, you know a, a cheesesteak from your favorite spot, Jersey Mike's makes yeah. the best cheesesteak out of any of the you know any of the chains right there. We just we know what we're doing right now, but it's always been there, man. And you can switch it up, you know. Go ahead and get yourself a regular chicken Philly, get a beef Philly, the big Kahuna number fifty six. I don't know if you've had it. If you've had it before, hands down my favorite, man. A little jalapenos and mushrooms added to it, a little extra cheese. It's beautiful, man. <laughs>
0: All right, so explain a little bit about the franchise
1: community. Um, mm-hmm.
0: You mentioned a little bit about, uh, you know, it, it's it's fairly friendly and you guys can reach out to each other in a time of need. Explain a little bit about that versus what you may have
1: heard with other industries, or I'm mm-hmm. sorry, with other
0: franchises.
1: Gotcha. Well, I think... Um one of the cool things, and anybody can go look up the the history of Jersey Mike's, but just like a, a brief, real quick little snippet about it, it is our founder Peter Cancro. Uh, he actually bought Mike subs from Mike uh, when he was 17 years old. He hired, so he was a high school senior and borrowed some money from his football coach to buy his the place where he had his summer job, um, which I think is a great story to tell and you know kind of like a little window into. The back, you know, I don't know, the backbone of the heart of the, the entire business. So you take this 17 year old kid who was, you know, just like, hey, you know, what? I really love this job and I don't want to see this sandwich shop go away because this is where, you know, I kind of grew up. So he buys it, foregoes college and his football scholarship to just run this sandwich shop. He hires all his buddies who he played football with. So this just group of young men decide to take this one sandwich shop and make it into this billion dollar entity. And they're still there. And they're still doing the same stuff that they were doing. They're just hanging out. So that is the, the, the heart and soul. And it, it still exists to this day. Like when you go to the, the original store to train, these guys just pop in and they'll just tell you stories from like the 70s and the 80s. Like, oh, man, I remember when we did X, Y. I'm like, man, you guys are still coming around. You're all, you know, super multimillionaires who've been doing this, you know, since back in the day. And here you are just still cutting up with some young blood wet behind the ear. People who just like trying to figure out what they want to do with the rest of their lives. And they're just hanging out. Um so a lot of the franchisees are just like that. They're people who just they saw a cool story and they met a cool person who was just like, yo, come rock with Jersey Mike's man. You know, it's just a, it's a great vibe. It's a, the whole thing's a vibe. And I didn't see that with other franchisees where I think there was like, you know, you go to another national major brand and you go to a sales meeting and you meet a salesman who's trying to sell you this franchise. And, you know, maybe they'll tell you a little bit about the background, but it's just hitting you with numbers It's hitting you with this is why you should do this, because the EBITDA percentage is X, Y, and Z. And, you know, you're going to be looking da-da-da-da-da. And all this is fine. It's good business decision. But you come to a Jersey Mike's one, and it's just like – a bunch of people just hanging around, just telling stories about, yo, we just have fun. We're out here just we're making sandwiches, man. We're just rolling our sleeves up. We're splashing vinegar and oil and everything. You know, we're singing songs, we're dancing. You know, the owner is the one cleaning the bathroom, just taking out the trash and like people get that. And I'm like, yo, this is this is different. And this is why we're one of the fastest growing brands in America. You know, and some other ones are, you know, they're contracting, they're closing more stores than we're open. And we are struggling to keep pace with the amount of people who want to join the brand, which I think is fantastic. Please said. The whole thing's a vibe, man. I, I promise you, I have fun every single day. Even when I'm I'm dog tired, I'm like, man, I had so much fun today. I came to you guys from a training session for my new store. I'm still training my new employees right there. I literally zoomed back from uh from the new store. I was like, let me jump on here. I texted you just saying, Hey man, I'm ready ready for you. Uh, grab myself, you know, a glass of water, but I mean, I literally just came from a training session. I had so much fun. I'm moving shelves around. I'm throwing vinegar and oil at these guys. And I'm just like, yo, let's mop the floors today. Let's show you guys how to clean, just having a good old time. And to me, that's what separates us from a lot of these other brands right here. You know, there's a lot of corporates on the other stuff here, man. We're just, we're just some friends hanging out, trying to make some subs and, you know, get paid a little bit while we're doing it.
0: I love it. So, so the, the benefits of uh, a franchise is, um, I mean, it's countless, right? It, the list can go on forever. Uh, one of the things is the the plan, right? And from it's a succession plan. This is what works. Follow these steps, and um, mm-hmm. and you you're more than likely to be as successful, if not, you know, you know, knocking out the park. Outside of the most, you know, basic things, in, in your opinion, what, what are some of the you know the benefits that people don't necessarily talk about? Uh, of owning a franchise and obviously you successfully opened multiple uh storefronts so uh,
1: what is something that maybe us not on the inside are missing hmm. uh honestly i think you guys are, you probably know all the benefits you know just laid them out there you know there's a plan that works it's proven that you know and it's it's been proven over a, a thousand plus stores so you' like okay cool just follow these steps and you got it um I would never say it takes the guesswork out or it takes the the thinking out of it, you know, because clearly it's a business and you got to be able to pivot and got to be able to adapt. And, you know, you got to be able to go with the flow and ride whatever wave um, and don't to pull back and don't to push the whole nine. But for the most part, it's like, I don't have to be the one to create the wheel. I can be the one to just, you know, jump on it and ride, you know, and I don't always have to be forced to make anything better. I just be, you know, Hey guys, this is what works. And I just want you guys to stick to the plan and we can perfect a system as opposed to trying to make a perfect system, if that makes sense. So um, you know, the benefits are are fantastic for a franchise. They put everything in place for you, you know, when it comes to what kind of signs you want to use and the marketing. And, you know, you can buy into or not buy into, but at least pay into a co-op where, you know, you're just putting in however much dollars and they're gonna go out and put on the radio, they're gonna put TV, they're gonna put ads in the newspaper. So I'm not Trying to be a marketing guru you know i'm not trying to be a chef in the back trying to figure out you know what's the next great sandwich that we have to come up with to keep the menu fresh i'm like somebody else is taking care of that man let me just do whatever it is they ask us to do and let's make sure we're doing it well every single day so the benefits are crazy and you can anticipate or plan you know for whatever it is you can plan for the next few months you can plan for the next couple of years you can plan for the next 10 years you say hey you know this is what i can expect I'm, you know, on that trajectory and you just, you know, just continue to to ride whatever, whatever that trajectory is, you can just kind of roll with it. So, you know, not always scared like some other restaurants where you just have no idea. One day, you know, some form of food may be really, really trendy and everybody's really into tapas. And then, but, you know, tapas are old school. Now everybody's doing who knows whatever. Jersey Mike's like, hey, man, we're just making a good sandwich. And this is this is the system to make it. Let's roll with it. I love it. So so a lot of people um, find
0: find. you know, struggle in just an eight hour day. Right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, don't even have the energy to get through that. Uh, but for someone like yourself, you're managing and will be managing, you know, uh, uh, operationally anyway, eight stores. How, first of all, I'm assuming you guys have store managers, uh, mm-hmm. but yep. how, how do you, so, so when it comes to the hierarchy, is it you you're, Managing the manager, so to speak, and then they on, mm. um, you know, the actual store and what that entails. Obviously, you're going to have your hands and everything, but not to uh, to the degree where you did when you first started, I'm assuming with one store.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, pretty much the managers, they just answer to me. So. Every week, you know, I'll visit the stores and I'll just I'll speak with the managers or whoever's running, you know, if there's a shift leader, assistant manager or the store, the GM, I'll just sit with them and just, hey, what's going on? What are we looking at? This is what I can see data wise, you know, and I hate to dump and you know, just dive into numbers, but I'm like, Yo, you know, the store looks clean or the store doesn't look so clean. People are sitting there with their heads down. I'm going to you know, get your head up and smile a little bit. Hey, just make sure we're hitting these tables a little bit. And, and again, I'm just looking for little things that I can identify when I walk in the store. Uh, but outside of that, you know, the managers, I say, I don't want to micromanage anybody because I don't like being micromanaged. I wouldn't want anybody telling me every little thing that needs to get done. Um, and I don't want to do that for them. I said, this is, this is your business. I'm teaching you how to run a million-dollar business. I want you to see what I see. Let me teach you what to look for. But outside that, I'm trusting you that this store is gonna run with you here the same way it run you know, if I'm not here. And if it doesn't, maybe we need to have a conversation and maybe something else after that. But for the most part, I'm like, I'm trusting you with a million dollar business. Run it how I taught you to run it. And if you have any issues, my phone is always on. You know, My phone starts ringing sometimes from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. I don't always wanna answer it, but I know, you know if they're calling me, it's for a reason. And, uh, and I walk them through whatever I need to walk through. It could be something, you know, little. And I'm like, hey, I'm not the first person to call for that. Or it could be something major. And I'm like, I'm thankful that I was the first person you called, you know, to make sure we take care of it. But outside of that, man, I was like, hey, phone's on, computer's on. If you need me, you know, go for it. But I also know when, you know, I'm going to sit on my couch and, and I'm just going to wait for some phone calls. If not, I'm just going to watch some Netflix, you know, to kind of unwind the brain and relax a little bit.
0: So... Very general questions, what are your typical store hours, Monday through Friday?
1: Monday through Friday? Yeah. Yeah. Monday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. every single day, with the exception of a few holidays. We may close early, like New Year's or Christmas Eve, and then uh, ones that were closed, Christmas Day, Easter, Thanksgiving. Outside of that, we're, you know, 10 to 9 every single day. Our earliest person will get there between six and seven again and start baking bread and whatnot. And then our last people will probably leave somewhere between 9 30, 10 30, you know, just make sure everything is clean and the store is prepped for the next day. So, you know, operating hours 10 to 9, but somebody's in there between six and probably 10, 10 30 every single day. How does inventory get to you all? Uh, depends. So yeah, uh, Cisco is our, our biggest uh, supplier. So a lot of our protein and our paper come right from Cisco. So you know, meats, cheeses, uh, any of our bags and you know cups and all kind of stuff like that that comes from uh, from Cisco. Um, our produce is we can either go from you know, to Cisco or we can choose our own local supplier. You know whether it be a local farmer or just a local produce company, whatever it is we like, and we can shop those prices around just because they fluctuate so much. Hmm. Um, Disco is really good because we can lock in prices. So we just know if we only only want to pay, you know, $27 for a case of lettuce, I know I can lock that price in long term, you know, whether it be six months or a year, a local grower, you know, they may have a surplus and, you know, say, hey, man, I'll give you $15, you know, per case of lettuce, or they may say, hey, we had a crazy frost or, you know, lettuce is really tough to come in from California, and they may bump the price up to $50 a case. So, you know, we can try to juggle those, uh, you know, those prices ourselves. Um, and then, like I said, as for our beverages, as well as our chips, uh, those are all Pepsi products. So we just have a partnership with them. So they give us preferred pricing on our, on our beverages. And uh, like I said, our chips, they still come from Cisco, but obviously they're provide, you know, provided by by Pepsi. And then uh, uniforms and everything else, again, that's an in-house company. We, we do our own uniforms as well. So visors, shirts, it's, you know, et cetera, is all coming from, um, from Jersey Mike's itself. So.
0: So I, I believe, do you guys sell cookies? That's also Yep,
1: absolutely. And those are also baked fresh every single day as well, my friend. So we're baking cookies every day. So we have all types. One of the good things with Jersey Mike's is they do give us an, a, a big range of options for cookies. I try to keep cookies simple. I say cookies are not our bread and butter. Sandwiches are. So I'm like, hey, I don't want to keep 13 types of cookies in my freezer because it's taking up you know space for bread. We may not even sell them. You know. Me, personally, I'm not a big oatmeal raisin cookie guy. Um, I'm not going anywhere. Checking for oatmeal raisin cookies. That might be your thing, but I say, hey, put some chocolate chip cookies in here. It's pretty much universally accepted by everybody. We'll sell a ton of those. Somebody else wants to go and sell kind of crazy cookies, go for it. But like, let's keep it simple, man. Stay our bread and butter is sandwiches. Let's make the best sandwiches in the game, you know, and sell some cookies on the side. Yeah. I love, it. I love it.
0: So, so once once you had one or two stores under your belt, mm-hmm. uh, you, you basically said it from there, it's obviously your uh, passion, obviously to continue, but also a mathematical equation for you to exponentially grow Um, for you is, do you guys have, do you have like, is this going to go on forever? Do you have a number? You don't even have to say the number, but you have something specific you want to hit. What does that look like for you? Um, If you're 42 now? Is this going to go for another 20, 30, 40 years for you? What, what's the expectation? What, what's it kind of look like for Cliff Brown?
1: The The honest answer is, and some people don't believe me, or at least they don't want to hear when I say this. Um, right now, I'm good. I can be good for the rest of my life right where I am right now. You know, at least financially, I'm good. Um, yeah. But what I ask people is, or at least I tell people who care to ask, sorry, and my business partner, I say, can we continue to provide more opportunities? And if we have the people, we will continue to grow. Because if I have five stores, but 10 people who really want to knock this thing out, they, they want to be store managers, they want to be franchisees one day. Um, it's kind of selfish of me to be like, well, I'm kind of over the work. So, you know, either I lose that person and they go do something else or they stagnate. And I say, hey, if we have people who want to do this, we're going to provide an opportunity for them. And we will go move as quickly as we possibly can, you know, responsibly. But even right now, it's just like, Hey man, we had an opportunity to sign another lease and just like, yo, you no, know, we've got, we've got more managers than we need right now, or at least that we have stores for, you know, let's, let's jump in and get this thing going. You know, the store that we actually just started to build. So we have one that just finished and we have one we're starting to build right now. We don't really need to build that store right now, but I have somebody who's like, who's kicking butt. And I'm like, I want to keep them around i want to keep them in the fold i want to make sure that they have an opportunity to, like yo let's you know let's get this thing rolling so let's keep it going another um location came in so we're like yo let's take a look at it because you know we have another manager in the store who's also hey man i really want to run a store for you guys i love it here let's do it i'm like all right you know if we can get this person you know their own store in a year that's fantastic because at that point they can continue to rock with us they can be promoted to a multi-unit where they can oversee multiple stores or if their dream is to be a franchisee one day hey, you know, you've run a million dollar business already. Now you just got to sign your name on the dotted line. Maybe take out a loan if we can help, you know, kind of fund that. Maybe we go into business with them. We'll do that as well. And this person, you know, has made a, a generational shift or at least a generational leap where, you know, maybe they had no idea. They just graduated high school and they had no idea what to do. And now this person potentially in, you know, a few years can be running a million dollar business that they never thought they could before. So for me hey, if there's people who want an opportunity, I take it upon myself to like, yeah, let's, let's give them if, if they've earned it. I love it. Um,
0: all right, so one question we love to have, uh, and we'll wrap this up pretty soon mm-hmm. here. Uh, one question we'd like to ask our guest, uh, especially uh, someone who's as busy as you are, how do you or how does one uh, balance the work-life experience?
1: Hmm. That's a great question and a tough one that I'm still finding the answer to. Um, I've been blessed a little bit. I don't know if I want to consider blessed. I'm just looking at blessed in the background here. Um, I'm in Maryland pretty much by myself, and I commute from Maryland, uh, D.C. area to New Jersey, and like pretty much on the weekends, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'll be back in uh, in Jersey with uh, my daughter. So my daughter and my ex-wife, you know, live in, uh, in New Jersey right now. And so I always make it a, um, I guess, a... Um, a non-negotiable is that I'm home to spend time with my family. So as soon as I leave here, I shut it down, I get in the car, I take off and I'm back to Jersey. And I know on especially Saturdays and Sundays, that is the time that's dedicated to my daughter because being a father is, you know, it's it's a, a, a son of Christ, you know, um, and then it's a father and then everything else comes right after that. So when I get home on the weekends, I still may be feeling phone calls because, you know, business doesn't stop. But if At the same time, you know, I'm not in uniform. I'm not driving back down to Maryland to handle anything. I say, hey, you know, here's the time that I'm going to dedicate towards my daughter. Um, And for me as well, it is understanding that, um, you know, they say self care is health care. You know, I just know at some point I got to sit down and whatever it is that kind of brings me peace. I make sure I do that every single day, whether it's turning on my Xbox or watching a movie. Um, I just bought a Peloton because I love to exercise, but I messed my shoulder up in the gym uh, last year. So I'm like, I still got to do something that gets me active that doesn't you know, require me to lift weights. So now I'm just on my Peloton, you know, four days a week. I'm just, you know, getting after it. So trying to find that balance is still a struggle every single day, but it is important to say, you know, take time for yourself, you know, take time, you know, for your family, take time for God, um, you know, and the rest, if you're, If you're quiet enough and listen you know somebody you'll start to hear and say hey this is what you need to do and you know sit down relax be quiet a little bit and uh be intentional with your time especially when it comes to to your family and it's like i said still tough A struggle every single day man especially when you have a business that's literally operating year-round um turning it off is sometimes tough but you know you really got to be like all right it's time shut it down take a trip Go spend some time, you know, relax, do something that makes you happy. And, uh, you know, you can spend time with the people that you love and who love you back.
0: Love it, man. Powerful. Very powerful. So what is your recommendation uh, to anyone trying to own a franchise business, whether it's a Jersey Mike's or any other uh, franchise? Uh, what's your recommendation? First step? Is it, you know, studying the business? Is it making some phone calls? Uh, in your opinion, uh, if you can go back, uh, would you do exactly the same get get you know get your get your hands dirty so to speak uh what's your recommendation?
1: first due diligence go and research that business you know is that business growing is that has that business stagnated is it regressing because you don't want to get into a business that's going backwards you know you want to be in a business that you know is steady or at least in that growth phase and something that's not trendy like I don't want to go and you know be the next like fondue restaurant or something like that like that's great for whoever's doing it but is fondue going to be take off and be the next you know, sandwich? I have no idea. I'm not confident. So do your due diligence. Find out there, um, research, the, the numbers, you know, just to make sure it makes sense for you financially, especially if it's going to be, you know, big upfront investment for you. You know, Jersey Mike's is not cheap, but it's not, you know, McDonald's expensive where it may cost you a million dollars just to, to get your foot in the door. Um, so, you know, see where your finances are. Do your due diligence make sure the numbers make sense you know as a franchise you know there is a franchise fee you know and a royalty associated with every single franchise um some franchise fees are very low they can be one or two percent of your top line number that has to get paid before you pay yourself um some are very high they can be 15 20 which doesn't make sense for you i don't know um find those two things out and then the next thing is go if you can get the chance to work in that business go work in that business even if it's you know part-time is it something you can see yourself doing because i think as a business owner you're investing in something but you got to make sure it's something that you can be passionate about if you are completely you know if you're a vegan do you really want to go you know open a five guys I don't know I feel like you may not want to spend too much time you know making burgers if you don't eat meat um so go in there and work in that business you know do you like it is it some a vibe that you can you know get behind because if you're not excited to do what it is you're supposed to do every single day find something else to do because it does Doesn't make any sense. You're not going to be happy just you know making a buck. I love this business. Like I love Jersey Mike's as a brand. I love the people who work for me. I love the people I work with. I love the people I get to associate with. Um, I love the impact we have in the community. I'm like, man, this is fun. I can wake up every day and be like, I'm having a good time. If you can see all those things working, yeah, I think that's the business for you. And if you can't, keep looking. There's no point. Just like I don't know if you guys own a home or a car or anything like that. I'm sure you guys own all those things, but you know. Some days you just, I need a car. You may just go pick up whatever you can afford on the lot, but it's like, hey, man, I've been saving money. Like You're going to get something that you really want, that you can see yourself, that you know that has the utility. The same thing goes for business. You're going to be spending a lot of time there. You're going to spend a lot of money in it. Um, do your research. Go see if you like it. And if you do, man, jump in. There's no time like a present. Get after it. So that's the best advice I can give. And yes, I would absolutely do it the same, same way. I had a, a great time and I met a lot of good people, and I don't think I'd be as resilient now um if i didn't do it this the way you know i did it so
0: i was just thinking did you train those guys on uh, like your people on how to roll the sandwiches because rolling there's a difference when i see a mike jersey mike sandwich rolled up to like uh up here we have a wawa you know it's there's a difference with the way the sandwich is rolled up it's like there's
1: it's it's perfection and there's a training class or you show them or every every training class, that's one of the first things. They learn how to sprinkle the sandwich, putting all the toppings on, and we learn how to wrap. And for me, for example, the most traumatizing part of my training experience was I was completely um, intimidated by wrapping the giant, the 15-inch sandwiches. Um, mentally, I was like, you don't need this much food. Get a regular-sized sandwich just because it was so hard. <laughs> I was like, oh, let me get a giant 13, Mike's way with extra meat. I'm like breathe and i mean i would just be so frustrated trying to get that thing in there so for two weeks i was not allowed to do anything but wrap sandwiches as soon as it got busy yo cliff you're bad at rapping. get on the rap station until you um until you get it right and oh, guess wow. what now you know i love wrapping sandwiches give me a chance it's muscle memory i can talk my talk to them. anybody who walks to the door make fun of cowboys fans um you know make fun of washington football team commander fans make fun of everybody <laughs> I just like hey man oh, you know uh, wrapping sandwiches, it is, it is serious business. If you can't wrap a Jersey Mike sub, we wrap it the wrong way, man. we got to find something else for you to do, bro. Cause like that right there, yeah. that wrap, it's nice and smooth. Keeps all the juices in there. Nice and tight. A badly wrapped sandwich just doesn't taste as good. I'll stand by that. Stage. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you on that one too. <laughs> Love it. Be right <laughs> all right. Sounds good.
0: So, uh, we like to wrap things up, uh, with quotes, and the first one is by Tony Dorset. To succeed, you need to find something to hold on to, something to motivate you, and something to inspire you. The second one by Mark Twain. Stay away from those people who try to disparage your ambitions. Small minds will always do that, but great minds will give you a feeling that you can become great too franchising in 2022 in this episode the crew welcomes special guest cliff brown we cover topics that range from business ownership the food industry customer service effects of the coronavirus and much more we wrap the episode up with quotes from tony dorsett and mark twain awesome